Hello Turkaholics and thank you for downloading this episode of Football a la Turka. We hope you enjoy our podcast and the work we put into bringing it to you each and every week completely free. But for those of you who want to support the show, you can join us on Patreon for just $3 a month. Money we'll use to continue improving our hardware, software and fund our annual hosting on Podbean. You can do so on patreon.com slash F-A-L-T or just check the show notes. Thank you for your consideration of patronage and enjoy the show. and welcome back to Football a la Turca. I hope you enjoyed our John McManus interview last week and that you went out and bought yourself Welcome to Hell. Let us know how you like John's book and be sure to tweet uh, John as well if you are a fan of his work. Uh, but I'm back here joined by Umut Nadri and Burak Sizgin. Thanks for joining me. Hello. Thank you. Thank you, Khan. It's good to be back on. Um, just hot off the heels of a 6-1 spanking uh, of Fenerbahce by Bayern Munich, which we will talk about a little bit later, no doubt. And my message to Ozaz is, I hope the chicken was worth it, my friend. I hope that damn jerk chicken was worth it. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's get into uh, the Europa League uh, results. Of course, last week we previewed Malatya Sports opponent Olympia. Um, but uh, of course they played on Thursday they played to a 2-2 draw not a very good result for Malatya Spor the goals from Malatya Spor here came um, from um, Mina, the defender his long shot got deflected by Bifuma and uh, that was good for the 1-1 and then Adis Jaovic converted a penalty in the second half but it wouldn't last because uh, Olympia, the Slovenians got back into the match and got an equalizer so 2-2 Away for them is a good result. Of course, not a very good result for Malatya Sport. They'll have to go to Ljubljana on Thursday and hopefully get a win there or at least a 3-3 draw or something to advance to the next stage. And their opponents most more than likely will be Partizan Belgrade. So, you know, even if they manage to get past this hurdle against Ljubljana, it, it's probably going to end for them in the next round, especially... I don't know if either of you watched the game, but they were very unimpressive. I think they uh, still lack uh, some some key players in, in some uh, important positions. Nothing to add. I hope Malatya Sport do it and go through. It's always good to have a Turkish team in the those rounds of the, the Europa League. And especially with Malatya Sport, it would be interesting to see what kind of tactics Saragang goes out there with. And uh, I'm going to predict that they win and they win the tie that is and they go through to the next round and i just want to see some european more european teams c- come to malatya mm-hmm. and just think what the fuck is going on here um <laughs> so that's what i want to see and it's it, it'll be good to see some football in that stadium yeah yeah true well what do you think Umid? are they gonna make it through to the next round well uh i'm ho- i hope uh, they make it uh it's a decent game Malatya Spur had, and uh, I feel they can make it through. Yeah, I mean, all in all, 
if you look at uh, Olympia's results in the previous round, um, they lost at home. They managed to go and get to, uh, the, the qualification to, to this round away from home. So they're definitely, at this point, uh, seemingly better away from home than uh, at home. But in the league, they're, they're leading. Uh, they beat Maribor in the league, and that's a team that has played Champions League in recent years. So, I mean, it's not a bad side, and uh, Cekic is one of the, the play, uh, players that uh, Miran Zore pointed out in our preview last week, and, and he, I think, was, was their man of the match. He was very dangerous. Malatispor really struggled with him. Defensively, Malate just didn't really look all that, and it wasn't really until Guillerme came in in the second half that Malate Spor finally managed to uh, create some danger. Um, I mean, all the danger really came from him, but all in all, I think if you compare the, the side that uh, Sergen had last season at Alanya Sport was a better overall quality side than, than uh, Malatia are right now. They, they simply, you, you noticed it very, very badly that they, they really miss Daniel Alexic and they haven't really replaced him because Fofana is a very different type of player. And then they have Bifuma on the right, Fofana on the left, very similar types, uh, you know, quick uh, counter-attackers. But with Alexic, they had someone who could create something. With Guillerme, they have someone who can create something. But they had both of those last season. So I think against a team like Olympia, where they're more than likely to be expected to, to, to be the, the, the better side, um, the dominating side, the side in possession, you saw that they really struggled there. Uh, I think that honestly, if they can play counter football against the Partizan, for example, they they're probably gonna look better than they did against uh, Ljubljana. But uh, let's let's keep fing our fingers crossed. Hopefully, they can go through to that next round against a very f uh, attractive opponent, Partizan Belgrade, a big team in in Europe especially in the Europa League at least and uh, in that area of, of, of Europe at least uh, in the Balkan it's a really big club and it would be really cool to see Malatya Sport play against a team like that even if that's the end for them I mean at least then they go out against uh, a side with tradition and all that um, but let's go over to uh, the other team that's active in the Europa League qualifiers that's Shrubs on Sport they will have to play Sparta Prague uh, very tough draw for them. Of course, Sparta Prague did not win the league in, in the Czech Republic last season. They didn't even end in the top two. Um, so, interesting tie for Trabzonspor. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Brock, do you see Trabzonspor advancing against Sparta Prague? I think they do. Um, I, I still think they need a striker. I mean, there's talk of Daniel Sturridge. And I don't know if he's going to be cut out for the Turkish league with its its physicality and the fact he's very injury prone but and there's also talk of Yusuf Yazajir potentially going off to I think it's uh, Lazio or is it Leon or Lille Lille I believe yes yeah, in for him Lille has come back with, made multiple offers for him already indeed but I, I think Trabzonspor I think they can win they can go through I think they've got the quality mm -hmm. in their team with the likes of the, the Abdelkadiers and Nwakayeme um, Yusuf if he stays but and then their goal scorer is, is, is what they need but I think against Sparta Prague who like you say they didn't win the Czech League last season I'm unsure of what they've made transfer wise to strengthen their team but you know, Sparta Prague are a team that regularly, I think, come up against Turkish opposition, and it's always been a case of the Turks usually beating them. I know, I think Fenerbahce, Fenerbahce played, played them multiple name. times, and Besiktas yeah. did, but that was like in the really early and mid 2000s, so that's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. 
But I still think with the the talent that Trabzon have and the youngsters coming in, that they'll have the the energy to to get past them. So, I my prediction is a, a Trabzon Sport victory. What do, you, what do you think, uh, Umut? Are they going to be able to do it? Well, uh, their playstyle uh, resembles like uh, the Ajax kind of playstyle, like uh, play the ball really fast uh, towards the midfield and use every kind of uh, opportunity to get uh, inside the oppo- opposition's uh, box. And with the youngsters they developed from their academy, uh, like uh, Abdul Kadir's. Uh, to Abdul Kadir's uh, and Yusuf Yazici as well uh, shines really well and like Brock said they like a, a stri- uh, like a striker like Sturridge so uh, if that happens uh, I can see them going mm-hmm. but uh, I think they're they're definitely they knew they were ha- had to bring in a striker um, they still have time of course so the league isn't starting yet for another what is it three weeks or so they still have plenty of time in that regard, but they've known Hugo Rodriguez was leaving. Um, I don't really know. Do they even have a striker right now? Uh, I mean, they have players that can play there, um, but I think they're they're leaving it a little late, especially for those European qualifiers, because the first leg is away on the 8th of August, and then the return at home is on the 15th. So they still have two weeks for that. Uh, well, actually, um, yeah, I guess a week. Uh, or so to get the transfer sorted. I don't know when the window closes for their registration. Um, but I don't know about Daniel Sturridge. It seems a little... I mean, he, he, he'd he have to cost like three and a half, four million a year or something. And how can Trabzonspor afford that? Let's be honest. They just got a bailout from the government uh, last this, this past couple of months to even be able to partake in, in, in the UEFA competition. And... Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's that's feasible for them. I don't know how they would be able to afford a Dino Sturridge. It seems kind of like a little bit of a transfer hoax, kind of blown out of proportion, something that doesn't seem realistic. Well, I think Daniel Sturridge has been saying that Trabzonspor is a potential option for him. It's not his his first or second choice by all means. But like, like I agree with you, Khan. I don't know where Trabzonspor are going to find the money to pay the wages for someone like that. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else knocking around that they could pick up on a, on a free, potentially, out there. I don't know if there's anyone else in the Turkish league that they could potentially try and grab, but no one really springs to mind mm-hmm. with regards to an actual striker, a goal scorer. So... Like you, and like you say, uh, they're leaving it very late, just like a lot of the other Turkish clubs are as well, to to get someone, bring them in, get them used to the facilities, the team, the teammates, etc., and used to the style of play that the coach wants wants them to, so you can actually make an impression. So, all that being said and done, I still think they've got enough quality to to beat Sparta Prague. Yeah, I mean, of course, Sparta Prague is kind of a question mark for us, let's be honest. Um, I'll be speaking to André Jlamal from uh, UEFA.com in uh, the next week or so to preview Sparta Prague, to, to dig into what kind of quality do they have right now. But I was waiting to see whether it would be Olympiakos or Victoria Pilsen who would be playing our dear friends of uh, Bershakshi here in the qualifiers for the Champions League before I uh, set a date for that interview because I 
thought about uh, maybe combining it should it be Victoria Pilsen so that immediately brings us to our next segment in the Champions League Basakci here will be playing Olympiakos Piraeus from Greece and not Victoria Pilsen that tie ended tonight and Olympiakos kind of um, impressed against uh, Victoria Pilsen at least score wise uh, I think it was last I checked was 3-0 already and I actually haven't checked in on the final scoreline but Olympiakos will be Basakshir's opponent it's, it's a team that um, in recent years Galatasaray have played against I think Besiktas have played against although maybe for Galatasaray you have to go a, a while back already uh, Besiktas played them in the Europa League a couple of years ago in the, what was it uh, round of 32 or something like that of course really big club in Greece but did not win the league title in Greece either this season so Sparta Prague a team that is you you know known as as a really big club in Czech in the Czech Republic that that tends to win the the league there quite frequently although in recent years Victoria Pilsen definitely have uh, come in and stuck a, a stick in their wheel and then last season Slavia Prague were the champions of course with Miroslav Stoch we're going a little bit on a tangent here but Olympiakos Big opponents. <laughs> yeah. uh, Burak, what do you expect? Are, are Bershakshire going to be able to manage past them with uh, Okan Burak at the helm now? No, I don't think so. Um, it, it is Olympiakos um, 4-0. They banged Victoria Pleasant. Matthew Balbuena got an assist in that game as well. Old um, Mr. Little Bridges. Um But yeah, Bershakshire, I, I just don't think they've got it in them to go to somewhere like an Olympiakos and perform... Oh, away really well from Sevilla. Huh? Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah, I potentially, but I just don't think they're gonna they're gonna show up. Um, and they and, knocked out Club Bruges two years ago. That's not an easy tie either. Oh come on, Club Bruges, you know. Hey, just, Club Bruges spanked Besiktas and Besiktas spanked Olympiakos. Ergo, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you know, if you use that train of thought, then we, we, we could trace this back years and years. But. Um, I think Olympiakos will prove a little bit too much for Bashak Shehir. Mm. Um, I, I just don't think they've got it in them to to beat them. So yeah, it's, it's in the main disadvantage here is that Olympiakos, of course, already have had important games in in their legs. They they're fit, they're they're ready to to, to play. And the Bashakshir only played some friendlies. They will actually be playing Aika at Athens tomorrow. Uh, I'm I'm sure that they. Uh, Lined them up as their opponents in a friendly just to get a little bit of a feel for uh, a Greek op opponent. Uh, Umut, what do you think? Are Bashakshir going to be able to uh, knock off the Greek record Meister? Well, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, their leader on the field was Emre Belezolu, uh, transferred to Fenerbahce recently. So uh, mm -hmm. I think they will be missing some kind of a leader on the field from this time. But, and with the coach change, uh, Okanburu came, I think they're uh, likely to be uh, likely to struggle a bit, but they have to go easily. Like, they have the ability to go through this uh, campaign. Yeah, and I think it will give us a good implication as well on, on, on what Bashakchi are going to be capable of this season. Of course, they didn't really lose much except for Amar Belazoglu and, of course, Abdullah Avci. Um, but those are arguably, besides Edin Visha, their, what were their most important uh, figures, so to speak. I mean, Bishik um, Oman said something along the lines of our biggest transfer this, this, this season is Abdullah Avci. And I think that that's... Uh, 
potentially accurate uh, estimation and, and as well for Bershakshir, that's a big loss. And like Umut said, Emre Belzoglu, his leadership on the pitch is, is a massive loss for them. Uh, we saw that in the past too, when Emre was injured or suspended, uh, that, that, that it took them a while. Although I have to say last season, beginning of the season, he missed some games and they played some good football in that period. Uh, so it definitely, I think they were getting used to it already a little bit, to life after Emre th- this past season. Um, but Okanburg's a good coach, but the question is, can he have an immediate impact? And this is directly uh, an opponent of, of, of top-level Olympiacos or club with, with uh, champions, ma- you know, massive amounts of experience, Champions League experience. They, of course, have a guy like Matteo Valbuena now as well, who knows Turkey, who knows the opponent. So he'll definitely have uh, some things to say, I think, in, in the tactical, uh, tactical analysis of the opponent. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm very interested in this tie, and I'm going to be very curious to see how far along Bershakshi here is already. I think it's going to be a very good, uh, like I said, indication to see what we can expect of them. Are they going to be in it for the title this season, or is it going to be a, a year of rebuilding for them? But uh, let's move on to uh, some news bits, because there's quite a little bit to talk about this, uh, this week. Um, and the biggest thing, I think, is, uh, well, maybe uh, Burak will disagree with me and will think that the next point is more important, but a very big thing going on right now, and I, I'm surprised that there's been so little attention being paid to it. I mean, you don't really see any huge attention being paid to it, but uh, being sports and, and the TFF uh, and, and the clubs union are currently in, in a little bit of a... Um, yeah, how should I put it, a, a power measurement, so to speak, because uh, BN Sports are apparently holding back some payments from the TV rights from last season. Um, you may or may not know that uh, the Turkish TV rights were sold a couple of years ago when it was still DigiTurk for 500 million US dollars a year. Um, BN Sports, of, co- of course, bought out DigiTurk, what was it, two years ago or something? Uh, I believe this deal still runs for a year, so at the end of this coming season it should be over, I believe. But 500 million US dollars, BN Sports aren't happy about that deal because of, of course, um, the Lira taking such a big plunge. And, of course, their assets in Turkey, they pay their, 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 uh, I mean, their income in Turkey, where still the biggest portion of, of their income is going to come from domestic customers. All of that is, of course, in Lira. So they want to renegotiate the deal. They want to set a certain uh, exchange rate. They want to lock it at four. So let's say what that essentially means is that right now, on paper, they are paying 2.8 billion Turkish Lira every year with the current exchange rate. They want to basically change that to 2 billion a year. So 800 million Turkish Lira less uh, a year is basically what they want. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about this? I mean, I was under the impression actually there was already uh, a set currency exchange in, in this deal. Uh, I don't know if, if if you guys have heard anything about that. Uh, Burak, I'll turn to you first. It's not something I've got a great deal of of knowledge and background on, unfortunately. So with regards to the 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 rates that they're looking to get, um, I just think it's having an adverse effect on a lot of the team's transfer 
uh, policy, not policies, but their actions as well. Um, just because they're looking to see, you know, what is going to be the state of the deal? What are they going to be looked to be offered as payment from being sports? So a lot of the clubs are probably holding back on actually, I think, pushing through with certain transfers, etc., just so they know because right now they don't know where they stand with regards to how much money is going to be coming into the club. And if you're under mm-hmm. a financial fair play, um, what's the settlement. correct word? Yeah. A s- settlement, like like Fenerbahce are, like Altosray are, uh, like clubs on sport. Well, you know, they're kind of, but, you know, they're still on the cusp and teetering. Um, and, and for other clubs as well who are looking to just, you know, look at their budgets for the coming season, mm-hmm. you, you need to know what, is going to be coming in so you can adjust your outgoings accordingly now whether that's wages sponsorship um improvements to the stadium etc so i think a lot of clubs are unaware of what their actual budgets are going to be because of this this limbo that we're currently in so that could be i think the main reason why there's not as much transfer activity as usual because we're getting quite close to the start of the season as well so you know that's going to be problematic for players coming in who've not been able to chance to have a good pre-season and, and playing these friendlies with, with the team to you know warm up to the the club and their surroundings. Yeah. But I just don't know what I think. Being sports, maybe they're trying to almost use bully tactics for for use of a. Well, it, it, it's extortion if you think about it. I mean, yeah. I I'm not saying I don't understand their point of view. I mean, I get it. You know, they're being i mean the, the 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 subscriptions they're selling like the, the let's say that i don't know 80% of the money they earn on the turkish super league is probably going to come from turkish subscriptions that's a rough estimate but let's say it's 80% but all that money that they're getting from that it's being paid in lira and i i highly doubt that they jacked up the price significantly i don't know guy umut you have uh, be in sports subscription i think right that they yeah yeah did the the price change at all the last year? Uh, not really much, but uh, I think in real uh, annually, a yearly basis, they get uh, some uh, increase in the uh, subscription uh, mm-hmm. subscription cost. Yeah, but we're probably talking like 10, 20 lira or something, not, not a significant yeah, change. Yeah, not a significant per person, but uh, in the total amount, uh, it's going to be a large amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if we look at the decline of the lira relative to, let's say, um, two years ago, uh, before they ended up, that was, yeah, that was a- after they bought already. So when they bought uh, Digiturk outright, did, there was no... St- no, 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 no indication of, of such a huge um, drop in, in, in currency value. Um, so I get their point of view, but they the, couldn't predict it. No, they couldn't predict it as core, but neither could our clubs. I think that's 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 an important part too. So I get their point of view, um, but I think that they're potentially damaging their own investment here, especially. I mean, you can say from there, you they could say, look, the, our, the deal is up in a year. Let's, but but in a year we'll we'll keep we'll honor this deal. That's the, I think that's the right thing to do to honor this deal, and then in a year, okay, look, guys, this isn't gonna work for us anymore. We're gonna have to pay less, uh, and if unless somebody else comes in with a better offer, uh, then they'll have to accept that. But I think changing it now 
is very unfair to to clubs that have already made their budgets. Look, Fenerbahce have to reach full break even. Galatasaray will have to. I I think I'm not sure, but they probably have to reach. I think they I think they are still allowed to have a deficit of 10 million this year. Trabzon will have to reach full break even. Look, Besiktas are out from under financial fair play right now, but that doesn't mean that they can suddenly lose 60 million euros so all these clubs and also with this new banking deal that's coming in all these clubs have budgets that they have already made estimated the budgets and they have calculated in the income from tv rights for for being sports to then go up and say look well we're not willing to pay 2.8 billion we're going to pay 2 billion that 800 million lira divided by those 18 clubs, that's that's a large chunk for, for many of those clubs, especially the smaller ones. But, I mean, even for the big ones, they can't miss that type of income right now. And I think what BN Sports need to very well realize is that if they're going to cheap out, so to speak, for this year, well, or for, try and force the clubs to make concessions, they could be harming their investment long term. And also, they could they could very well create a grudge here where when the deal is up and another offer comes in from another company, the, the club's union may say, look, we don't want to work with you anymore. So I think BN Sports need to be really careful what they're going to do now because they're putting a bomb under Turkish football. Uh, yeah, the future of Turkish football, I think. I don't know how you feel about it, Umut, but do you think this is proper business conduct from from BN Sports? Well, I don't know uh, about their uh, working uh, ethics right now, but uh, this is a really bad case, a bad case scenario for our clubs, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. uh, we can see the huge gap uh, considering, like, how can you compare it from the other European leagues? Mm -hmm. Like, how... uh, I think it's uh, like uh, uh, ultimate thing. Uh, uh, Premier League is the top league, uh, mm-hmm. and they have the uh, top amount of uh, like expenditures. TV yeah, yeah. They TV get rights. like ninety-six yeah, million yeah, you, pounds a year per team, so that's like a billion plus. That's a it's like a two billion pound deal a year or something like that. Something yeah, yeah. Crazy. Their income is huge, and you can now see uh, the newly uh, uh, rise to the league. Uh, mm-hmm. Aston Villa is uh, like yeah. expanding yeah, huge, hundred hu- yeah. yeah, millions. But and now our top three clubs uh, hasn't even uh, get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a huge gap between uh, our league and the others. So to, to put it in perspective, though, Uma, Turkey is, I believe, the sixth highest TV rights. Uh, yeah, the TV TV market right now, the the biggest, the highest paid league. Uh, to put it in perspective, in Belgium, the current deal is 80 million euros a year. Yeah, and in Turkey, it's 500 million dollars. So I don't think we can complain with that five 500 million dollars. I think that's a very fair deal for our clubs, for the level of the league and all that. But you're forgetting the population amount because uh, yeah. I don't know uh, how how many people live in Belgium. Uh, Eleven million. Yeah, so it's like uh, seven or uh, eight yeah. uh, times, of, co- of course, that amount. So uh, but you also need cost- to look at the at the economy. Yeah? The, the economy yeah. in Belgium is much stronger. In Turkey, you know, with the lira, yeah. even before the the plunge, the lira wasn't exactly uh, strong. 
Yes. Uh, and, and it's also about average income per head and stuff like that. How much well, people spend? Economy is not my strong suit, but uh, I'm trying to like <laughs> help you out here. So, <laughs> uh, so I think that's it. Uh, we're going to struggle uh, competing with that kind of leagues mm -hmm. uh, in the next course, years. It's impossible. It's impossible yeah. to compete with the Premier League. I think that any illusions of Turkey ever competing with with those with the top five leagues has to be that is impossible. They get so much money. They get so much also like privilege in the sense of top the top the top four. I think get four direct trickers to the Champions League. All that big money. The gap is only going to become bigger and bigger. Turkey's competition are other other nations like Belgium, like Holland, like Portugal, Russia. Those are the the, the countries that we compete against. It's it's impossible to. Uh, yeah, to expect us to ever really be competitive with those top four leagues consistently. I don't think that's possible. But that's a different uh, discussion to have, really. Yeah, yeah. It, it is, and uh, I agree with you as well. Go on, on that. Yeah. Now, the big question here is because I don't remember exactly where I got this from. I think from a conversation I had with John Okar like a year ago or something. I, I'm not sure, so I, I haven't actually gone back and looked at, uh, to find it. I did ask John, but I didn't get a, a reply from him. But... I was under the impression that the BN Sports deal, which is a massive deal, like I said, $500 million a year, I believe that makes Turkey the, the, the sixth highest uh, football league uh, in terms of TV rights, sixth or seventh highest in the world. So that's, that's significant. But um, I believe, I'm not 100% sure on this, but that it was already set at a certain exchange rate, that that was already built into the deal, and I think it was 3.4. So what does that mean is that, yes, it's 500 million a year, but um, it, it, it's one, but that 500 million is set to $1 is 3.4 lira. Right now, in actuality, $1 is 5.5 lira. And what's, what was suggested in the article, John McManus uh, retweeted that, I believe, uh, that is that, that BN Sports now want to set it at four. So if, if what I'm remembering is correct, then they're already making a sort of concession. So the question is now, was, is there actually, was there already a 3.4 or whatever included in the existing deal? And are the clubs basically saying, look, no, we want the full, we want 500 million. And is, who is in their right here? That's the question. Because if BN Sports had that already in their contract, then they're completely in the right here. So that's the question I that we need to ask uh, and that we'll need to look into. But I think if that's not the case, then I think BN Sports are, are making a huge mistake and are, you know, like I said, putting a bomb under their investment under Turkish football in general. Um, but let's, let's, let's close it here. Hopefully we can schedule... Um, an episode with John O'Carr in the near future, and uh, hopefully he can find or or help us at least uh, see get some uh, sight into the existing BN Sports TV rights deal. Uh, but let's move over to something else, something that's going to make uh, <laughs> Burak especially very happy. I think Kass came back uh, with a big decision today, and they have denied Trabzon Sports appeal. Uh, regarding the 2010-2011 Turkish Super League uh, final results. So that means Fenerbahce remain the 2010-2011 Turkish League champions. Um, and I, I think that's it for that. I don't think Trabzonspor have any further appeals, any further courts to go to. So uh, I, I think this is just, look guys, accept it, move on. Um, 
you know, regardless of how how you feel about the situation, I think it's held Trabzonspor back for the past uh, eight years or so. And uh, maybe, hopefully, for them, they'll be able to move on finally from that now. And then uh, I think it's definitely held Fenerbahce back in a way, too. Yeah, of course, because we were riding high um, with very little debt um, at that point in time with a squad value of, I think, 150, 160 don't, million don't euros. Don't know about the, the very little debt, Burak. I don't think you accumulate 660 million uh, over a couple of years. But at you know at the time we had nowhere near as much debt as a team like Galatasaray did back in two thousand and eleven. But you know we not can that go we into, know we, of, but I mean oh. Aziz must have been hiding it somehow because suddenly, I mean this this six hundred and sixty million yeah. debt mountain we didn't know about six months well a year ago or so. Well, we'll we, have we'll have to open up the um the the finance books and have a look. We'll have to get Mr. John O'Caron to give us a financial breakdown and rundown. Mm-hmm. But, but like you say, you know, it was it's been passed. You know, the appeal has been thrown out. Uh, we've got some. I think we've got three back-to-back hearings in September. Um, one, one of my friends in our Fenerbahce group we have was telling me about. So we've got three court hearings in September for the first time in in a very long time, mm-hmm. and. Based on the outcome of that, will dictate what we can do with regards to beginning beginning a legal case against the FA before lost earnings. Of course, you've you got mean two... UEFA, right? Um, yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to go towards if they're going to appeal against the, the Turkish FA as well. Like I say, you need to wait to see the the ins and outs of what the hearing is going to bring. Mm-hmm. But you know that is for you know for us to worry about in September. But for the yeah, time being, potential thirty or so million euros of, of Champions League money that Fenerbahce missed out on. Uh, yep. Yeah, so um, whatever is going to happen is, I'm sure the 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 club's lawyers are, are building a case already around that, and no, I'm having no doubt that we'll be hearing about that very soon in, in the weeks leading up, uh, during and after. Um, but I just hope it gets just sorted out so we can just concentrate on playing some good football because we're not doing that at the moment what do you expect uh, out of this is this going to finally settle it do you think Trabzon are going to forget about it or is uh, are we going to get some uh, weird situations again when Fenerbahce travel to Trabzon this season uh, we're always going to get weird situations we were getting them before you know before the did that that season happened as well it just yeah, harks back the, to the, never to the magnet yes it harkens back to your favorite moment in time when i could uh did what he did but indeed. i don't think it ever i don't think it ever yeah it escalated it's far, got, huh? no it escalated and um i, I th- think there it depends how the the chairman approach it I think, you know, with last season when you had Ali Koch and Fikret Orman getting together um, because of the season before all, all the, the shit that happened in the Fenerbahçe-Tosh games, it might, we might see, you know, Ahmet Aoul open up the extend the olive branch mm. to Ali Koch in Trabzon. Ali Koch does the same. And, you know, these things need to come from the top, really, and then yeah. they'll, they'll ripple down um, throughout the club. So... You know, we'll, we shall wait and see because I think we're playing Trabzon in the first th- three or four weeks we are and I can't remember if it's away or at home that we play them but 
that could be a good opportunity to you know extend like I say the other branch of, of friendship to so the fans can see that the mm. the chairman of the clubs are trying to come together to reduce the animosity so that fans can travel in peace they can watch the game in peace they can come back in peace and you're always going to get you know subsections of fans who are complete idiots you know that happens all over the world and there's nothing you can say to them apart from go fuck yourselves <laughs> behave like civilized human beings basically but like um like i said i think um it's a good opportunity to you know have the two chairman of Fenerbahce and Trabzonspor just put out some a message of like friendship and unity or whatever you know stuff they call it i mean it is international friendship day today um gentlemen as well so i'd like to wish you both and our listeners um a very happy international friendship day even if they're going to be listening to this tomorrow but yeah as the song goes why can't we be friends and let's let's wait and see how it pans out why can't a, we be friends exactly we be friends and yeah. that was a that was a nice little rant from me of, of <laughs> obviously being them um, working with you for a long time now can't because it seems to have rubbed off on me you you were doing that in episode one mate <laughs> uh umut what do you think about uh Trabs on Spore? are they gonna is this finally gonna allow them to move on from this or do you think it's only gonna get worse well uh I think they already just uh, gave up because it's been really years like mm-hmm. uh, it was in uh, 2011 so they had to move on uh, but they are just Caribbean people they just can't give it out because from Anadolu uh, you just get to be the title contenders and just had to give it up at the last chance you get and got defeated by a club you hate so much uh, at the very last minute and just uh, rumors get spread over they get match fixed, uh, cheated and uh, did some stuff uh, against them so uh, their uh, anger just rising up at the time but uh, Cardinals people uh, by their habit they just cannot let go so uh, I think uh, I don't think really this uh, last decision uh, will make them let it go. Mm-hmm. But yeah. just the decision. So I, I cannot so. say anything. Yeah. I don't think so either. I don't think Trabzonspor will ever be able to, or at least the fans will ever be able to fully let this go. Um, but maybe you know, I think that the best remedy against the pain so to speak that they feel whether it's just or unjust um i think the best remedy against it is just winning the title and uh, they have a very interesting squad this season and and like barack pointed out i mean they just really need a striker and they could be in for a very fun season um we have some more positive news for traps on sport though um of course their their viral shirt announcement their dirt kit this season uh they had a very nicely produced video to announce that shirt to 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 reveal that shirt um 
you have to go and watch it. It's, it's really, really quite nice uh, of, of a ch- child with his friends playing football and all the kids have have a Trabzon sports shirt on, but this kid doesn't have one. And then some uh, old Ebe or Hala or whatever she is, I don't know, uh, she uh, magically makes uh, his uh, self the fashion the shirt he fashioned himself she turns it into a real Trabzon sport shirt and the away shirt of this season and uh, that got a lot of attention uh, Gerard, Gerard Piquet uh, retweeted it commented on it Barcelona um, did the same thing uh, it got lots of attention I, I don't know last I looked there was up to like almost 100k likes and retweets I'm sure it's gone beyond that since uh, it got massive attention supposedly there were already like 10 or 15,000 shirts sold uh, within the first week or so, so that's really good for Trabzonspor. Uh, I don't know. Did you? Obviously, you guys saw it. What do you think of the the shirt announcements, uh, Burak? It was a nice video. I don't know why we had to see that old woman's crusty foot in the video when it was showing it. I was like, they, it was going really well until then, and then I just <laughs> ended up, you know, being sick in my mouth a little bit. Um, <laughs> But it's, it Turks do that kind of video really well. They they like to push the sentimental buttons and take you on this journey. And usually, it, usually it ends with someone getting shot and being killed. Um, <laughs> or a rusty foot. <laughs> in, or yeah. Or, um, but in this case, it was like you know a little sweet kid who was like wants his Abdullah. Not Abdullah. Sorry, I was thinking of something else. Abdul Kadir jersey. Yeah, yeah. That the kid pulls it on and it's on these. It turns to Abdul Qadir in the the stadium, puts right. on a shirt, points to the badge. But the the story leading up to it, it's just very well shot um, as well. So it's very good. It, it's, Turks are just always very good at making that kind of um, sentimental video that makes you well, you know. I mean, they, Malatya Sport tried to do the same thing, but that was oh god. Such a... <laughs> uh, Umut, how did you like the the, the well, shirt announcement from Trabzon? Well, it's a it's a great video, I think. Uh, also, Gerard Pipe, uh, Piquet also got involved and mm-hmm. uh, did a great gesture to retweet it uh, and spread it uh, all around the world. Yeah, uh, that really a great, got it going. Yeah, yeah, it's a really great gesture from him. Uh, I gave my uh, uh, thanks to him. Uh, and also, the creativity on the video is really great. How... Uh, they emphasized uh, a little child's dreams uh, coming through uh, in the end. Mm-hmm. So uh, also the design of the shirt is really great uh, for Trabzon. I really liked it. Uh, the gray, the the color fume, you know, uh, in French, uh, which is uh, smoke color. Uh, yeah, fume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fume. Uh, so I really liked it. Yeah, it was definitely. I mean, the video was amazing. I think. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't think there's been a better short announcement by any other club in Turkey, at least. Um, yeah, it was great and great propaganda promotion for for Trabzonspor. I'm sure that got plenty of foreigners interested in the shirt and maybe sold quite a few of them. I don't know how the availability is. How e- well, not the availability, but how easy it is for a non-Turkish speaker to actually manage to order a, a Trabzonspor jersey. I don't know. Maybe they can. Uh, what's the the brand that the, that uh, the Trabzonspor have? A Macron, I think, right? So, Macron. Yeah, they yeah. they Macron. do really great great shirts this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, every every team with Macron uh, looks really great. Mm-hmm. Their designs are really good. Yeah, we should hire them for next year. 
definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, and then one more thing for Trabzon Sport. They have uh, Vestel as a new shirt sponsor. Uh, no details yet that we could find, but uh, they returned to Trabzon Sport shirts since uh, the, ni- the early 90s when Vestel, of course, sponsored Trabzon Sport 2. Uh, that's the end for, for Q&B Bank for the dodgy Qatari investment in Trabzon Sport that was likely... Uh, helped along by the government uh, but Vestel very nice to see them back on uh, one of the, the Super League top uh, um, top sides of shirts um, so I think it's going to look very well on their, their new kits well as long as you know uh, return to Vestel includes a return to when we smashed them I'll be happy Uh, Okay, let's move over to some other stuff, transfer news, and maybe some shirt talk. Um, Besiktas, I don't know if we reported this already. I know when we last spoke about it, I said it was going to be done soon, but I don't think we've actually spoken about it it being done. Tyler Boyd is officially a Besiktas player, has already played in two or three friendlies now. Uh, came from Vitoria de Gemeraj for 2.4 million, and they will also retain 20% of his uh, financial uh, rights or whatever. They, they get basically get 20% on the next sale. Um, and they also signed, Bishlet also signed Douglas from uh, on a free transfer from Barcelona. He was, of course, on loan at Sivaspor last season. Got seven assists as a right back. Uh, had some impressive stats all around. 280. Uh, physical duels one night I think it's the highest in the league uh, for any defender uh, from what I saw I saw a graphic on that uh, and, and otherwise Vitor Hugo a deal that seemed to be done fell through he ended up signing for Palmeiras instead who came in with a final minute offer Fenerbahce style and and uh, hijacked him with a Range Rover um, back to Brazil so Besiktas still on the look for a central defender with a left foot and a left back because uh We'll speak a little briefly about friendly games, perhaps. Jana uh, Erkin, the only light right, left back right now for Besiktas, at least not counting youth players, of course, with Adriano leaving. Uh, his contract was up, and he signed with a um, Brazilian club, I forgot the name. Uh, but So he's, he won't be returning, so Jana Erkin, the only left back Besiktas have right now. So they're looking for a new left back. Uh, Jamilo Collins is being named from Paderborn in the second Bundesliga and also um, who else were, were they looking at? Oh right, Risa Durmisi from uh, from Lazio Roma, Danish international with an Albanian background uh, Let's speak briefly about Douglas guys, what do you think? Good signing for Besiktas, is he gonna replace Gukan Gunul in the long run or in the short run? Burak, what do you think? I think uh, good signing. Um, he is uh, a bright spark, isn't he, old old Dougie Dougie boy? Um, I think with with Gunnel, I think you know it's it's I believe it's a signing with the attempt to slowly, you know, replace Gunnel. You know, he's mid thirties now. He's yeah, thirty four, I think. Um, still, you know, a, a great professional. But you know his body's just you know given up on him. Um, he's just someone who has you know had that those injuries which tight you know they get a little bit they wear on you as you get older and older. Mm-hmm. Not someone like a, like an Embraer who's still like 38, 39 and still playing to a high level. He's just 
Sometimes that just happens, you know. With yeah, but Emirates had that too. Uh, since his mid mid thirties, he struggled a lot with those small little injuries too, like Gokhan kind of tends to do. Yeah, but like I said, I don't see Gokhan playing until that age. No, at, yeah. you know, at a top club, I, I can see him retiring in a couple of years. Um, yeah. Maybe after having like um, one season back at his like his former club where he, he started his career, for example. But I think he's a good signing for for Besiktas. Um, it's all about how well he adapts to how the team, and it's a, obviously a brand new regime as well with Abdullah after. So I'm not sure how he's going to want him to play, um, how attacking and how defensive he wants them to to set up. But I'm looking forward to seeing him in a in a Besiktas shirt. And you know, and seeing how the the forma recabet is between him and Gokhan Ganil. So, all in all, good signing for your boys. Yeah, and cheap too, eight hundred thousand euros a year. That's yes, as well. Pretty, yeah, pretty unheard of uh, wages as well for foreigners. Yeah, that's his wage. Yeah, eight hundred thousand yep. a year. So he's a free transfer. Was out of contract. Uh, Umut, what do you think, Douglas? Good signing for Besiktas. Uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, also, uh, as Brock said, uh, Gokhan is not getting any younger, so they needed to like uh, buy an alternative for his position, and also uh, a player who knows the league uh, well, uh, not very well, but well, because he experienced it for like a, a, a whole season, mm-hmm. and he has a past from uh, Barcelona, so uh, we you can expect him to adapt and uh, play really good uh, in a good environment and a club like Besiktas uh, uh, with players uh, knowing each other he I think he will play really well uh, but uh, I have doubts about uh, his defensive uh, contribution uh, at this point uh, we'll see if he's going to perform good or like perform mm-hmm. like uh, Janer Arkin, uh, who forgets about defending in his games. Well, statistically, he looks really impressive in terms of defending, but I mean, it's yeah, one but, of those things you uh, have to watch the player closely to uh, really assess no, but, that. But uh, it could be because, like, uh, Sivaspor is not a big club, mm-hmm, like, yeah. uh, playing all attacking, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, more defending uh, causes uh, his defensive statistics uh, go higher uh, in every game, so. Yes. Yeah, of course. That's, that's yeah, a that's very the, right assessment. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I know we already spoke a little bit about him, but uh, quick thoughts on that, guys. What do you think, uh, Burak, Tyler Boyd? Will he be uh, addition? Will he play an important role for Bishitesh going forward, you think? Uh, yes, for me. I think he's going to have about two or three seasons before he gets snapped up by a European club, whether that's someone in, in Germany or the Premier League. Uh, I just think that will suit his style of play. But I think he's at a great club where he can push on with his career and development, you know, under under a good coach. Hopefully, with some some more, you know, a lot more European football as well um, under his belt in the next couple of seasons. Like I say, we really enjoyed watching him at Ankaragücü. It formed um, a great partnership with Orgil. So I'm hoping he does the same with the likes of Burak Yilmaz um, and also with the other uh, midfielders so I'm interested to see how he slots in and f- performs regularly with the likes of Laich and uh, Dorokan so yeah I think you know it's a good signing and he seems to have done well in the friendly the friendlies that he's played in from what I've I've read from Touch accounts and, and fans so 
can he reproduce that consistently is obviously the next question that's going to be asked of him and uh, for that only time is going to tell so I just wish the league would hurry up and start <laughs> What do you think Umut? Tell our boards how is he going to do at Besiktas? Well we'll see because he did pretty well uh, with Ankara Gujju and I watched his uh, plays in USA games recently so he impressed me so I think it's a positive transfer uh, for Besiktas but it's still too early to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. And a quick cheap plug here for those of you interested in uh, learning a little bit more about Tyler Boyd. I interviewed his former coach Declan Edge who coached him between the age of 10 and 17. And I also interviewed another former coach of his, Ricky Herbert, former coach of the Wellington Phoenix and New Zealand. He coached New Zealand at the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. So definitely check out that interview on the Black Eagles podcast, episode 78. I spoke to both men about Tyler Boyd. What kind of kid was he? What kind of young player was he? Did you always see it in him? What are his main strengths? And how do you think he will do at Besiktas? All those answers and more in that episode, episode 78 of the Black Eagles podcast. Go check it out. Um, but let's move on. One more thing. Uh, Besiktas still in the in the market for a left back and a left central uh, defender. Um, they still have three weeks, but uh, they they have to sort that out because Janer Erkin having him alone as your only option at this point um, with the form that he was in last season and the form that he's been showing in preseason that's putting a, uh, a significant uh, strain on your title chances. I think, guys, what do you think? Uh, yes. I think so because you and even I think going into the season with Jenna Erkin is putting a strain on it anyway in the first place um, <laughs> but but you need to you know, you know as we saw tonight Hassan Ali got injured to a fan and you know we had no alternative well we had an alternative we put we could have put on a fucking youngster but we didn't um, because of the cowardice did, did, Ferdi, uh, did Ferdi play level back <laughs> Now I think he he played everywhere tonight. At <laughs> <laughs> one point I think he was just like behind the the the, the goal collecting balls as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think you know at least, at least have an, another alternative for left back. I mean we we've got you know a few. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of factors that affect uh, the title challenge, and rather than you know not having an alternative for Chanat, let's put it that way. Mean, Janner's defending the. I mean, he's always been a liability defensively, even in at his heights at, at Fenerbahce when he when he had like 17 assists in a single season. Defensively, he's always been a liability. But I mean, his form last season was quite abysmal, and he has a, he seems to be continuing that into the preseason now. I think Bishtesh will have to get a, a first left back I think it's fine to go into the season with Janner as your alternative and, and for him to get his matches but to always rely on him especially in, 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 in difficult away games or things like that where where things are, where the circumstances are going to be tougher it's, it's kind of it's really putting a strain on your title uh, chances Umas I'm sure you'll agree because you saw you of course uh, enjoyed uh, Jana Erkin's wonderful left-back abilities against Atletico Madrid in the Europa League years ago. Yeah, I hate that match. <laughs> uh, he single-handedly gave us, uh, like, left us 10 men on the field because he's, like, uh, mad to a decision that referee didn't give uh, after a handball by Luis Armando Perea 
inside the box. So he still he remembers just, the name by heart. It's like his Ivan Bebek. Yeah, yeah, definitely because uh, it it was a just obvious handball, and the, uh, it was I think that year it was the initial year, the first year that the like sixth and the fifth referee was involved mm -hmm. inside the uh, champion yeah. Champions League games, uh, and the position just happened in front of him, and they didn't give the penalty and. Janar just uh, got lost the plot. Yeah, lost the plot and uh, went uh, to an opposition player with just his legs and all, and left us uh, left us ten men in a crucial game. Mm -hmm. Then also we lost the game. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit briefly about shirts. Uh, afterwards but let's quickly move on to Fenerbahce uh, not a lot of transfer news there right now but they did bring in a lot of transfer budget by selling Elif Elmas to Napoli for 16 million euros and one and a half million in add-ons if I'm not mistaken 16 million euros for a player that did not play a key role last season uh, a player that I don't think will be particularly missed. I don't think it's a that's that's a loss for them. Maybe in the long run. I mean, obviously, Elif had 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 certain potential. Otherwise, Napoli wouldn't pay this type of money for him. But the player that he is right now, that's not a player Fenerbahce will be missing. This is great business for them. They bought him for two hundred thousand or one hundred and eighty thousand euros, selling him now for for oh, yeah. Ridiculous markup, 16 million initially. Burak, you must be ecstatic about that. Yeah, very happy with uh, the business done. I think it's uh, it's a good sign that we've got some good footballing people on the board that know how to conduct business and negotiations and transfers, such as Kamoli and Selahattin. And like you say, um, a, a good, good uh, turnover in, in profit. You know, you, you've made you know including the add-ons and, and sell-ons you know you're making a good you know 16 17 million pound profit on, on the kid and you know like you said he he was one of the better performers last season but it wasn't a a star making season so it wasn't the type of season like someone like a Yusuf Yaza Jihad or an Abdul Qadir had um, and that could be because it was a, an awful season for us and the 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 team wasn't playing to the capacity that would enhance Elif. And Elif wasn't a regular starter every single game, and he was played in a number of different positions. Mm -hmm. So he was defensive midfield, central midfield, he got shunted out onto the wing. But when he played that uh, attacking midfield role, um, he did some he did some damage. I think he got four goals. Um, which yeah, is an, it, But most of those set pieces, I think, from headers and stuff like that, right? Oh, um, wait. Yeah, they got like a. Did he did he score against Galatasaray too? Yeah, he scored against that. That was from open play, and yeah, he, he got he got. Oh, I think it's Kasim Pasha Antalya. Yeah, Antalya also. I, I think the only set piece was the header against Kasim Pasha. Um, and then he had a header that was disallowed as well in one of the final match days, I think. Yeah, um, but like I say, you know, it's it's good business, and that that's mm. what that's the type of business we need to be involved in: is yeah. buying cheap, sell them high. And keep that piece of trash, Jink Milikhilzaju, the agent out of the club, um, scumbag. I, I didn't even know him. I mean, he's not. I don't think he has any clients in Bishkek. 
I don't know. Um, yeah, he's, try, he's trying, been trying to tap up Omar Farouk Bears, apparently. So, but uh, room, I mean, room. I, but, I yeah. see a lot of reactions of, of people that, that are really, f they don't understand it. Um, some extreme reactions, even. Uh, but I have to say, I mean, I don't, I didn't, I don't see it in Elif either. But I, I have to say as well that it's important to know. Yeah, like he did play in de many different positions, and when he plays for uh, Kosovo, I think it is, he does make quite an impression. He plays in his preferred position as an attacking midfielder. At Fenerbahce, he was often Mas Macedonia. In, oh, Macedonia, sorry. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in for Fenerbahce, he often is positioned in in like yeah, you know, like you said, central midfield, defensive midfield. And when when you saw him, especially in defensive midfield, I I really think that you could see that. He just looked like a really average player there because that's not his natural position. He would make really dumb falls, dumb tackles, stuff like that. But that's kind of understandable. I mean, an Adam Leitch isn't going to be able to uh, put in a performance as an Atiba Hutchinson does defensively, you know what I mean? So that's normal. Um, yeah. And I think one of the most remarkable things about Elif, not that he impressed anyone, because like I said, he definitely did not impress me, but to be able to keep your head above water uh, in, in a season, in a team like Fenerbahce last season, the season they had at 19 years old, to keep your head above water, that does say something, that you are more than just a regular 19-year-old average Joe. Um, so I don't know how you feel about it, Umut. Did you see the raw talent in him this past season? Do you think? Did you see the quality? Are you surprised by the fee paid? I mean, I have to be honest. I think that ten million for the performance he had would have been a really good good deal for Fenerbahce. Even I think sixteen million is absolutely absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, great player. Okay, is that all you're gonna say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I wasn't paying uh, too much attention to Fenerbahce uh, uh, in the previous season, to be honest. Uh, but uh, he made a, a great impact. Okay, that's a different view than uh, most people have, but uh, fair enough. <laughs> I think. Well, I, like I said, I think he did score against Galatasaray, right, didn't he, uh, Burak? In that two-two. In the one-one. Oh, in, in the one-one. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. The late equalizer. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so but I, we, we, we. It was the, like the fall down of our uh, season because <laughs> the impact he, he gave us. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I can understand why if you didn't watch them too much and you, <laughs> that that's your cons uh, your your conclusion. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else really in terms of transfers. Are there any hot rumors right now, Barack, when it comes to Fenerbahce? Um, I think the hottest one here at the moment is Luis Gustavo at Marseille. Apparently, um, Ole Koch right, and yeah. Camoli have travelled to France to try so and finalise that. like nine million or something, right? That's quite yeah, strange. but uh, I think he's worth that price uh, because uh, yeah, it's is that matter, but... the, it's the position that Fenerbahce is lacking at the moment. Mm -hmm. What of but many. the question is, can they afford him? <laughs> I mean, if you look at it, uh, if you look at what they spent so far this uh, season, and of course they, they can't. They can they, go to the loan option, I think. Yeah, they could do that. But they have, I think right now, if you look at what they spent and what they have gotten in with this Elif Elmas transfer, they have a roughly 9 million plus. So they could theoretically spend 9 million on uh, Luis Gustavo, for example. But I think we can all agree that Fenerbahce need a central defender. And yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe Definitely. three, even. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, going, Sarah yeah. Aziz injured, or what's going on with him right now? Injured. Yeah, yeah, that's that's his guy favorite habit, uh, getting injured. Yeah, yeah. Sarah so is a 
chronic injury. Uh, yeah. Talking from experience, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, so that's it, really, Luis Gustavo right now. No, no talk about anything else. I mean, from from what I can gather from the friendlies, especially offensively, Fenerbahce seem to be doing okay. Uh, Vidat Muric has scored quite a few goals. Max Cruz seems to be finding his stride, pulling the strings. Uh, seems to be going okay in, ter- in that regard, right? It's mainly defensively that they'll have to need to strengthen the team and, and, you know, the backbone of the midfield. Yeah, I mean, I think going forward, we should be doing relatively okay. Like you say, Vedat's got um, a a good number of goals. It's worked well. But at at the back, you know, a defensive midfielder, um, centre-backs, Hassan only got injured today, so I don't know who we're going to try shunting at left-back now. But we were just all over... All because, over the place defensively. Was serious though his injury, or was it just a precaution? You think because it's a friendly? I don't know. He, came, he he it showed him with his foot taped up when he came off doing the subs the sub me sign. He was on but crutches. he walked off himself, didn't he? No? He did. He was on crutches at half time though oh. in the because it showed him on crutches in the tunnel. Okay. So we'll we'll wait for the prognosis from the doctor on that one. And apart from that, there's people still talking about Kolarov and Kaya. Um, and oh, color, yeah, yeah. So, but nothing seems to be moving forward in regards to color of a Kai rumors. People just keep tweeting about it on a daily basis. Yeah, color um, seemed uh, seemed a done deal a couple of weeks ago, but now, since then he's played in as Roma's friendlies, has gotten on the score sheet, things like that. So Roma still. Cal- calculating him in for next season it seems I mean it's it's normal that he goes and joins the team in the training camp but he started in friendlies that's not normal for a player that's on his way out so Burak uh, do you see Colero as a, a center back coming to you but uh, or like a left back how you usually played until now mm, I think, I, interesting I mean, question I'd, I'd say left back I think if Hassan Ali stays, then he'll play left central defender. Yeah, yeah, the left central can be good uh, because uh, he's really good with the ball and technique mm-hmm. is like yeah, very build, magnificent. Your build-up so, would be uh, would be yeah, amazing. Yeah, if, like and that's I think what Arsenal favors to do as well. Well, let's just hope we bloody sign him then. Arsenal just wants a long ball on Emenike. That's all. How? <laughs> How do you see Allah Yar's performance recently? I think he's one of these ones where you've you've got some raw talent and you know, a kid that's just wants to wants to play, he always wants to be on the ball, he always wants to shoot, which I like like in my in my strikers, I like them to to be a little bit greedy and I wanna shoot. But also, he's still young. He's just come to Fenerbahce from where he was in Iran. So he needs to... He's got to make mistakes, which is absolutely fine because he's like 18. But, you know, you can see his energy when he's on the pitch and he he doesn't shy away from wanting to get involved, which is what I like as well. So I'll be interested to see how much playing time he gets this season. Um, I would definitely start him in all of the Turkish Cup games, um, without a doubt. And... Starting eleven wise, I don't think he's going to be getting a lot of minutes um, starting eleven. But I can certainly see him being brought in as an as an impact sub. Um, semi semi Shinturk. Uh, ah. Well, <laughs> let's see. You know, he he's still <laughs> got way he, to go. He to scored once in, in one of the first friendlies. I think did he score anymore? 
Uh, as far as I know, no, he got he got the one goal in. I think it was in the loss to her to Berlin, I believe. Um, which was, was a good build up. It was a good crossing by Murat Salam, who I really like as right back. And then Allah Yara finished it with a, a good finish into possibly. Mm-hmm. So I hope to see more of him. Let's see. They, I hope I hope he starts tomorrow against Real Madrid. Uh, tomorrow, you're playing again tomorrow. Yep. Okay, joy for you. Um, oh, fun, fun, fun. Oh, oh. Uh, any, so I didn't. That's pretty much it for Fenerbahce. Let's move over to Galatasaray because I think that's where the the real juicy stuff is right now. Um, nothing, con- nothing finished yet. Um, no new transfer since we last spoke about transfer for Galatasaray. I think, uh, or did we? Did we mention Jimmy Durmaz and, and, and company? I think we spoke about that already, didn't we? No, uh, I think I think uh, Seri came through. Right, Siri, that's right, Siri from uh, Michael Siri from, from Fulham on loan with an option to buy for 18 million euros, so that's probably just going to be for one season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. too uh, much, too yeah, much for us to afford. Yeah, and Jimmy Drummond's on a free transfer, Adam Bug, but we spoke about that, I'm sure. Uh, but the, the, the big news right now is Radamel Falcao. Uh, so supposedly, the deal will either be off the table or done in the next 48 hours according to Ibrahim Setin from Bipspor and he's pretty accurate um, what's being talked about right now is a wage of 6 to 7 million euros a year for 3 years 2 plus 1 uh, for Radamel Falcao um, let's be honest in, in the past decade one of the best strikers in Europe uh, he's had his fair share of misfortune with a, with a very bad ACL injury um, had fantastic performances at Porto at Atletico Madrid then had an ACL injury went to Monaco uh, Monaco loaned him out to I think Manchester United at first then Chelsea both were not successful stints uh, but then he went back to Monaco and has had two very good well decent seasons uh, 18 goals and, and 15 goals I think respectively in Ligue 1 uh, scored against Bistis in the Champions League two years ago as well uh, he's 33 going on 34 now what do you think, Umut? Is it worth the investment of roughly 20 million for three years? Well, uh, as far as I can say, uh, Ozer uh, really wants this transfer, uh, but uh, in my point of view, uh, the, his wage is too damn high. Uh, uh, even if uh, if they tell the sponsor is going to uh, handle it uh, uh, by a percentage, uh, but uh, also. My concern is uh, his age. Uh, uh, he it said that uh, he has a fake ID or so. I don't know about that. But uh, even if he's like uh, 32 or something, it really rises the average uh, age of the team. And uh, having uh, so much uh, old players uh, in the whole team uh, will make a bad impact on the team uh, in yeah. a long run. Galatasaray's age definitely has gone up a lot this uh, transfer yeah, window. Yeah, uh, only young players we have right now is uh, Luyendama, Marco, and uh, I think who? Uh, Ozan Wofor uh, right. right now. So Yeah, and Luyendama, that's an asterisk because there was quite some controversy about his age in Belgium. Uh, so He was suspected to be a couple of years older than his passport suggests. Uh, if you want, I can dig up the articles I uh-huh. read on that. Uh, I don't know I don't think they managed to find any proof or anything, but that's something that you hear quite frequently from players from Congo yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I don't know about Falcao. I've never actually heard that. Uh, so they say that Falcao will make an impression like uh, how Dr- Didier Drogba did, but uh, at the time when 
Didier Drogba came to us, uh, our team was like a, a really good team and all the players uh, were in a younger age. Like Muslera was like 26 or 27. Uh, and uh, all in their primes. Also, uh, and at the defense, uh, we had Semikaya who was in his... Uh, mid 20s or early 20s even early 20s yeah. yeah and then of course Snyder 27 yeah Snyder 27 and also we had Ebwe who is also 28 and 27 uh, similar to that mm -hmm. so uh, in that kind of team uh, Didier Drogba made a great impact so we, we had a run through uh, the league title and uh, with that we, we went to the uh, quarterfinals of the Champions League but I don't think uh, this today's team uh, will have this kind of impact uh, with the transfer of the Falcao. Uh, he's too old and uh, isn't really uh, similar to the playstyle uh, which the Drogba had because uh, uh, he's very strong and really good in the air and really good with his feet. But uh, Falcao right now is like a, acts like a poacher kind of player who. I mean, I think Falcao is a guarantee for goals, yeah. regardless of what you think of him. Uh, yeah. Even in a team that doesn't have the best uh, pr you know, pr provision of, of, of passes, so, I think he will still get his goals. So you consider it like uh, Buffett and Bigomis style? <laughs> a lot better than goals. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, similar to that. So, uh, but, uh, so say, uh, as we speak, like, uh, we have... Uh, on the right-hand side of the field, we have uh, Sofian Feguli and uh, Belhando uh, in the central. And mm -hmm. Babel, we have Babel at the left side, and he's also an older player. So Yeah, uh, but he still has his energy. I mean, he's Yeah, he but you cannot act like uh, pretending to uh, ignore his age. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think uh, Falcao will rise the age and... I know it means uh, more goals, but uh, I don't favor this kind of move. Uh, on the other hand, which is remote, is uh, Samata from Gank, uh, and you know him <laughs> very yes, well. Yes, I know, that's not happening. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's happening, but no, also... It's impossible. Uh, impossible, it, you cannot afford it. In recent days, uh, it's been told Emre Moore uh, mm -hmm. is coming to it, um, which I believe is a good move for Galatasaray. It's my kind of move, uh, because... Uh, young, energetic, and he needs to prove himself uh, for last uh, time uh, in his career because yeah, his last chance. he was in a fall for recent years. Uh, yeah. So if, he, if this fails, he's he's just in Batuan Karadim. He has a yeah, he has a broken mindset and broken uh, manners for a player mm -hmm. uh, in his early age, uh, but he still has the potential to rise up and again, and with a coach like Fatih Terim is a great motivator and uh, also uh, dealt with a uh, with players kind of Emre Moore states and not as ultimate as Emre Moore I think but uh, he also dealt with Emre Belazol in his past uh, or Engin Baitar as well yeah. It's so, different though. Uh, Emre, I know, I know, Emre, I know. Emre lives for the sport, lives for football. You can say the same about Emre Moore. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but uh, I think he is able to handle it, man. Uh, if the deal happens, uh, it's been told about like uh, seven or eight million uh, euros of buyout close, so uh, mm -hmm. it's really affordable for a club like Galatasaray. If you win the league, 
Yes, definitely. And also a great run uh, in Champions League will uh, help to afford that price as well. Uh, you so expect it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a great move for Galatasaray, I believe. Yeah, uh, very interesting situation regarding MMR2 because uh, first a couple of weeks ago it seemed like the deal was done, but then his agency came out and said, "Look, whoa, 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 whoa what's going on here? This is we d we did not uh, negotiate anything with Galatasaray. We will take legal action against uh, the the player because supposedly he tried to dump his agency and went to talk to Galatasaray on his own, uh, trying to cut out his his his." representation and then today or what was it? i think today or yesterday um an agent from that uh, agency came out and said deal is done um you know negotiations between Cel celta and galtzrai and then emre moore replied on instagram and like who is this guy uh and then we saw afterwards we saw that that, that same agent reply again you you know who i am i'm the man who negotiated the deal between celta and galtzrai it's up to you now emre you have to uh, agree with the with with Galtzai or whatever. Very, I've never seen that in my life before. Very amateuristic, um, but we'll have to wait and see if MMR arrives there. I think it's like you say, it's it's a high, uh, it, it's a low risk, high potential reward. I mean, one million loan fee yeah. for a player with with a lot of potential. I don't have to be honest. I I think that even if if Fatih Terim gets him on track for a while, I I think he's he's destined to fail. I. I can't see him ever. Uh, maybe he'll have a good year, maybe two, but I, I don't think he will ever even come close to his the, the potential he has with his with his uh, capability, talent, and I, I don't think he will be a Sergen either because Sergen, despite not reaching his full potential, he still had a great career. I don't think Emre Moore will have no a man. Sergen like Sergen was like a genius on the field, but this guy has no idea what he does on the field right now. <laughs> he has no clue what's going on on the field and what what the tactics are uh, given to him or uh, how he should act uh, uh, considering uh, his uh, teammates going on. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he he's ever coming close to. Sargon, so you should not be even. You should not be even. Yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm just I'm just mentioning it because Sergen is a similar example of a player that could have achieved so much more if he just put his mind to it. Uh, Burak, what, what do you think when you see these numbers for Falcao, six, seven million a year, three-year deal, 33, 34-year-old player? What do you think when you see that kind of stuff? I think it's uh, a continuation of sending Galatasaray into bankruptcy. Um, it's it's a prestige signing for short-term results. And I think even if Falcao does come and ends up, you know, scoring 20-plus you know, goals and leading Galatasaray to the title, uh, the financial impact he's going to leave in the club is going to be a lot harder to come back from. And... That's my that's my thoughts on the matter. Of course, it'd be great to see that name in the Turkish league, even if it's going to be playing for Galatasaray. But I think you know the the club needs to be a little bit smarter with how they how they spend their money. Um, but you know, you still got the possibility that 
Jugner and Belhanda will be will be sold. So you've got that to look forward to potentially. You know, you should, that should be a nice at least I think twenty million for both of those. Um, yeah, but Jugner doesn't seem very willing, and and there doesn't seem to be all that much interest either, especially with uh, some some troubles going on in the Arabian leagues apparently where some uh, corruption scandal or something i believe which has kind of prevented them from making any big signings so far uh, and that seemed to be his destination but i haven't heard anything about that yeah and um, they've got these players on you know highway so Belhanda, who's on a high wage and if you can't sell Jagna, he's there on a high wage and then if you choose to bring in falcao um then you're going to be paying him uh, a high wage as well so i think it's it's i think eventually it's going to catch up and there's going to be a situation where the money runs out yeah. so the, the big for, question the mm-hmm. big question i have sorry to interrupt you Barack, but the big question i have is look galtrab were under a financial fair play settlement a couple of years ago you know when they got podolski and so uh and then they they couldn't comply with the settlement agreement with with the parameters set before them and they took a european ban and exited that, that 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 settlement then the following summer they went on to spend like 45 million euros uh they did also send bruma uh, sell bruma i think that has to be said um but they spent a shit ton of money they bought a lot of players maicon gomis uh belhanda Figuli, uh with with, with maicon and, and belhanda being for high fees um high wages they spent an ex- absurd amount of money that summer and um I'm just it's just very puzzling to me that ever since they took that that European ban willingly in exchange for basically getting out from under that that four year settlement uh, which they're back under a settlement now anyway but ever since that happened which has only occurred like I don't know 3 4 years ago um they've been spending so much money I don't understand where is that money coming from especially given the economy in Turkey right now and and I, I, do, I remember back in the, the early ten, 2010s when they got Snyder, when they got Trogba, that it was very much, look, they're banking on Champions League money every year with these guys. And if they don't make the Champions League, it's going to hurt them. I think they've gotten really lucky the last two years to have won the title twice, getting the Champions League money. Champions League money has only increased, by the way, because the, 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 the Champions League... Uh, pool has only gone up in the last couple of years uh, so they've gotten lucky in that regard but I, I don't know it, it seems I mean I have no doubt that Radama Falcao will be successful if he stays healthy uh, he's a, he's an amazing amazing striker uh, amazing player but the question is like you say what what are the long term uh, repercussions going to be for Galtzrai at some point there has to be an implosion of it's going to catch up it's going to catch up with them Eventually, yeah, like if, if this Fenerbahce, you know, and Besiktas yeah. too. Um, so I think you know that whoever's running the club just needs to say, you know, look at the bigger picture, which is what is was being done at Fenerbahce and Besiktas, and that obviously that means pain in the the short term, mm. but hopefully it means that in the long term you're going to be looking at a club that is uh, better run yeah. uh, with with better finances. So, if, you know, it will. If he if he does sign, then you know we'll have to see what effect that has on the wage bill and the financial fair play settlement yeah. for this coming season. Yeah, Umut, what what's the departures at Galatasaray this summer? Who's left already? Well, uh, who's left already? I have to look uh, to my. Did any big contracts leave this summer? 
Well, right. uh, not really. Uh, it, it's expected that Jagne is to be sold, uh, and yeah. e expected well, not, the biggest money is expected from there. I think yeah. our our squad is kept uh, literally the same uh, as last year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that, what I'm mainly aiming at here is, is the wage bill. So Galatasaray were roughly on like 55 million annual wage bill last season. And I don't think any big uh, earners left. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. If uh, were, I think uh, Fernando. Fer right, Fernando, Fernando left. Yeah. So let's say that's that's like, what did Fernando make? Like three and a half? Yeah, yeah similar similar to that. Yeah, not, not yeah. four. Uh, uh, three and a half uh, around that. Okay, so let's say three and a half. Did anyone else leave? I don't really think uh, so. Just thinking, uh, uh, Nagatomo still there. No, no. Uh, Onyekuru left, there. but uh, his wage right. is not that yeah. high. His wage was low. So, Fernando left. It's like three and a half million less. Uh -huh. so let's say that Galtz are on like a 52 million wage bill right now. Uh, who did they transfer? They got... Ryan Babel. That's yeah, that's, Babel. You know, that's uh, that's two Adam and a half Buick. million plus plus his signing fee. Adam Buick. He'll be er, he'll be earning peanuts. I don't think Jimmy, Jimmy Durmas. What uh, was Jimmy on like a million or something? Maybe. Yeah, it's very low. Yeah, it's pretty low. Uh, well, well Adam Buick of course. is low. Uh, Adam uh, is like six hundred k, I think, which is fine. Um, but the reserve goalkeeper Okan Kojuk came, and Valentine Ozonwa four came. Yeah. Let's say let's say you added two million with those guys, two and a half million with with, with Bobble, so uh, that's four and a half million. That's like sixty. Let's say let's say fifty six million a year. If you're gonna add Falcao to that, then you're over sixty million a year. Um, I'm pretty sure Galtzray and their financial fair play settlement have a, have a stipulation that they cannot increase their wage bill. Yes, but uh, there's a, some kind of flow in the description of that uh, fair mm -hmm. play thing. Uh, it yeah, I think looks to the it. yeah yeah it doesn't looks to the it doesn't look to the wage bill, uh, but it does to the transfer fee you no, pay. No no yeah players. but it's di yes but there's different parameters. There's like yeah. total total uh, employee expenses. There's limitations to that, and then there's also. Uh, you can only buy and sell. You know, you have to buy. You have to. You can't sell. You can't buy for more than you sell. But that's a different thing. Uh, you also have complete uh, employee ex uh, expenses, which you have to. You have to read uh, the, the agreement because it's possible that it varies because not every settlement agreement is the same. Um, but anyway, I mean, even if they offload Diagne, who's on a relatively small wage, two point three million a year. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if they offload him, mm -hmm. that's still gonna leave them at easily sixty plus million in terms of wage in terms of a wage bill. Um, yeah, definitely. I, that's why I'm against the yeah. transfer. It's like a transfer, like we did in back in uh, two thousand and one with Mario Jardel. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he, he took really uh, higher than the rest of the team at the time, and mm -hmm. I think uh, it's not mentioned, but. It has to make uh, the other players uh, upset about the uh, issue here. So, yeah, I I don't know about those, but uh, also Falco's uh, higher wage uh, will make a bad balance on the team. Uh, I don't know if he uh, if it's get uh, getting paid by the sponsors uh, by a certain percentage, but. Uh, I'm against that transfer, uh, certainly. 
Yeah, I mean, theoretically, uh, sponsorships, uh, paying wages is not allowed, uh, but there's ways around that. I mean, basically, yeah, it, with Shinji it, they, Kagawa the last six months, too, that somebody yeah, yeah. else paid his wages, so it's, it's possible. You, there's so many ways around financial fair play, um, but it, it's definitely going down a dangerous road for Galt's writing. You know, they keep on banking on winning the league. Uh, if they have a season like Besiktas had two seasons ago where theoretically they have a squad that should always be winning the league but don't win the league, I think that's gonna... That could have serious... Ah, uh, uh, let yeah. me say... Uh, mm, I just remembered uh, we... Uh, uh, Papa Ndiaye left uh, to Stoke City once again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, I think he's, he's yeah, but uh, he's not a higher wage player. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I imagine he was earning quite a lot in in the Premier League. Um, of course, yeah. Stoke relegated, but uh, oh, and what, what, quick thoughts, Michael, Michael, uh, what's his first name? Uh, Jean Michael or whatever. Siri. Siri. Just say Siri. Yeah, he's 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 not really what you're looking. I mean, he's not really what what Galtieri need right now. He's not a defensive midfielder like Fernando. He's a good player without a doubt. I think uh, he but... came for like uh, the alternative for uh, Ndiaye, and since mm-hmm. he's gone, so he's like an eight uh, who mm-hmm. serves the ball and builds up the play on the midfield, just like a partner uh, to Belhanda up front, not like mm-hmm. a player like Donk yeah. and Fernando at the moment. So any, any still more developments need... on the six? Uh, no, so we are just in search for a six right now in a dire need because we don't have it. Uh, so and is there any anyone rumored heavily at the moment, or is it all all attention on Falcao and and Emre In the whole summer, it's been rumored like uh, for uh, the guy at Sevilla. I forget mm. his name. The defensive midfielder, as uh, as Spanian, a Spanish midfielder. Right, uh, Mas- Massa or something. Yeah, Mas- yeah, I think. Something he like was that. it, uh, Mesa. yeah, <laughs> Mesa. Mesa, yeah, Bruno Mesa, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah he he was a good uh, uh, player t- uh, to be rumored, but I don't see it happening right now uh, as uh, the talks are like just disappeared. Yeah, but that's some definitely something that will probably uh, further uh, evolve. Uh, I think you wanted to make a quick point on uh, Galatasaray's friendlies as well. Yeah. Uh, Gasai played three friends with the uh, German uh, teams Red Bull Leipzig, Augsburg, and uh, French uh, team Bordeaux. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, new players made their debuts for the club in these three games. Ryan Bubble really played well in these three games and scored three goals, hoping him to continue to impress Galtai's fans uh, in this kind of process. He's showing the reason why he's both at the point and uh, Valentine Ozanwapor played uh, he's a Niger- Nigerian rankster center back left footed uh, uh, at first I watched him live in uh, U20 games with Nigeria He, I wasn't actually really positive in his play style because he wasn't actually the player who fought it turn with favor because he's not fast or uh good with his feet at the moment but he has a good future ahead of him so I think uh, we can wait for his potential or uh, and right now he was talk of him going to Kaiser Spore, I believe yeah right? he, he should be loaned out for to give us some space on the foreigner players uh, upcoming uh, mm-hmm. 
and also Jimmy Durmaz uh, as well-known Swedish uh, right winger uh, left footed mm-hmm. and played real well in every friendly game great addition to the squad and as in depth uh, because Galatasaray will compete in three different cups in this year or so so it wasn't really neat Adam Buick also came in as a local player uh, a native so not expecting pretty much from him but playing really good uh, also we bought uh, Okan Kocuk from Bursaspor goalkeeper uh, He's a really young player at the moment. Uh, he did some good uh, acts in his uh, two games, uh, I believe. And also, the I think the l- one addition uh, is Shenar uh, came from Fenerbahce, uh, right back, uh, alternative to uh, Mariano at the moment. So yeah. right now we have uh, two right backs and. Uh, two left backs if you include uh, Martinez as a left back uh, alternative and uh, Tar- um, Fatih Terim made a uh, weird thing uh, making a difference on the Omar Bayram's position and playing him a box to box center midfielder uh, at these two games and he impressed everyone uh, with his play in these two games so I think uh, initially uh, which was thinking that uh, Emar Bayram was leaving in this summer uh, with his uh, plays uh, uh, in these two games. I think he is now uh, becoming a great alternative for the number uh, eight position, I believe, uh, in this upcoming season. Okay. A uh, quick look then at uh, Trabzonspor. They made one transfer, I think, since our last podcast that we focused on transfers. Uh, Gaston Campi, a central defender from Estudiantes, they bought him for 800000 and I think that's a position they really needed some strengthen- strengthening in. Uh, I'm not familiar with the guy. I don't know if you guys have seen him play ever. Uh, Burak, have you ever seen him? Uh, negative on that one. And, and you, Umut, have you ever seen Gaston uh, no. Kampi play? No. no. Okay, so uh, unfortunately, no, not much of an analysis for him. And quickly taking a look at Bashakshi here. So they bought another striker, Enzo Civelli, for 2.7 million from Caen in the Ligue 1. They also bought Miguel Vieira from Lugo for 1.3 million. And uh, they all had already loaned a couple of weeks ago okay Shukwu Azubuike from Pyramids FC of course he played for Chaiku Rizespor last season on loan um, and of course under Okan Buruk, their new coach right now so he really wanted him at uh, Bashakshi here it was also rumored with Besiktas so uh, Bashakshi here got that one and then yesterday they signed uh, a central defender from Deportivo Aves in Portugal uh, his name is Ponk but I'm not familiar with him at all. Uh, but quickly just wanted to mention Bashakshir's signings. So Enzo Civelli, another striker that doesn't seem to score too many goals, but he's still pretty young. Uh, kind of looks a little bit like Sebastian Frey, uh, facial uh, feature-wise. But I don't know what we're going to have to expect from him. I think he had eight goals last season. And then, of course, they had already signed that uh, Gulbranson guy. But neither of them seem to be really strikers that score a lot of goals. But now they have those two guys, foreigners. They still have Dembaba, who is also a foreigner, of course. So, uh, Bashakshi here. Uh, having quite a few foreign strikers. We'll have to wait and see uh, who's going to be Okan Buik's number one choice. Now, I did want to talk about uh, shirts as well, but I know Burak is very tired. So I'm just we're going to talk about the, the, the new kits 
uh, for for the big clubs uh, in one of the future episodes, maybe a bonus episode or something. But uh, I think that'll do it uh, for us for this week for football Turka. Don't know if you, either of you have anything left to add, or Brock, are you already falling asleep behind your computer? Uh, no, not at all. Um, I, I just hope we get the Fenerbahce youngsters start tomorrow against Real Madrid. So start Murat Salam, start Al-Akhyar, start Ferdikadu start even Yusuf Mert, and uh, start Jirail on, on the left. Just give them a run out. It can't get any worse than what it did today. And at least if we play the youngsters, then I think the fans will be happy. And make some transfers soon please thank you Ali Koch <laughs> and you Umut any final thoughts not really <laughs> okay so next week uh, we will probably be back with some big transfer news Radamel Falcao yes or no I think we'll know by then uh, um, we don't really have a special episode scheduled right now I'm going to try and line something up with, with John for, for one of the coming weeks um, but thank you for listening for this to this episode of Football All Turka and next time I'm sure Uzar will be back as well so see you all down the road Turkaholics bye bye cheers guys and girls thanks for listening bye